Please stop your machine at this point and turn the tape over. Everybody, welcome to Crimes, Killers, Cults, and... Hey, uh, what, what the hell was that? What? Uh, oh, in the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> That's something that should have been at the end of part one. Because what happens is on, on all those tapes from Faith Assembly, they at, uh-huh. right as the first side of the of the tape was ending, some asshole would come on there and he'd be like, please stop the machine at this point and turn the tape over. So, oh. so I, so I just figured I'd start it at the, you know, at this one. So right on. So, That's cool. So anyway, um, let's try that again. Hey everybody. Yes. Welcome to crimes, killers, cults and beer and COVID. What? COVID. How the fuck did you get COVID again? <laughs> uh, um, I kind of feel bad because I was trying to get you to come along to where I got it from. Yeah, the the Striper concert last Saturday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. But nobody else who I yeah, was with... That's a good thing I didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. But nobody else who I was with didn't get it. Amy, Amy, did, Amy didn't get it. You know, nope. I met up with a couple of friends there too. They didn't get it as far as I know. You know, I met wow. met a new friend. You know, friended him on Facebook and, and everything afterwards. He didn't get it either. Wow! So you're just the lucky one then. Depends on how you look at it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but you know what? I don't. I don't care. We're we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this episode. And I I know you've had a rough week. You know, I've had a rough week. Yep. And yeah, but you got to get this done. <laughs> we'll get through it. Yep. So anyway, that's Todd, and that's Bill. Yep. And we're here to do part two of the Faith Assembly and Hobart Freeman episode, which is going to be my story about my time in the cult. And I can't believe it. You know, it's just the the, the way that everybody has found part one. I mean that. This episode has blown our most listened to episode out of the water. And it, you know, and that was our first episode 10, 10 episodes ago. Wow. Well, 11 episodes now. I guess this is 11, right? Yeah. The, I think this is 11, yeah. yes. So we, um, we did, you know, it, and that's been the, like, steadily gaining and everything. And it's maintained a, a strong lead over the other episodes. And then all of a sudden we released this, and within 48 hours it had it had taken the lead, and you know it's pretty close to doubling that lead now. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
I guess people love to call it episodes. <laughs> that sounds like it. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. That many that many downloads that quick? Yeah. Damn. Now, we had um, a lot of, you know, I had some feedback on this one. I mean, there were people who messaged me personally. But, oh, yeah? yeah, and apparently I, there was a couple things that I got wrong. Just minor things. Yeah, there there, oh. there were people that were part of Faith Assembly who, and overwhelmingly it's been positive. Um, you know, that there's the Facebook group that I'm part of that's dedicated toward, you know, the children of Faith Assembly. However, I don't think that that many people are on that page. So there's something else going on here. <laughs> right. So, but, you know, it's, it's basically the the glory barn burned down. Um, and and the, there's the final Faith Assembly building is still standing, although it's a it's like a boat warehouse now. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of a strange thing, but OK. Yeah, fitting. Well, it's OK. It's like the there's a. It's a church now, but it used to be a movie theater. And back in the day, like in the 70s, they used to show show porn there. And now it's a church. Oh, yeah. It's, so. it's been a church for a long time. I know what you're talking about. Weird, weird, thing, weird things happen, I guess. Yeah. But so they, yeah. And, and apparently the church wasn't in Warsaw, Indiana either. It was um, the, the address, the P.O. box was in Warsaw because the majority of the pastors uh, lived there. The um, the actual churches were, you know, probably yeah about forty minutes out from Warsaw, so it's it's not Warsaw. Oh okay. So we made all those jokes for nothing. <laughs> I don't care. They still apply. Yeah, that's true. Now on that page I was telling you about, yeah, you know, there when I when I posted it there was this one guy who was like. Sorry, not gonna listen. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna listen to uh, a righteous man be such a righteous man be denigrated. Huh? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah, like here we go again, Todd. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, and I I messaged him back and I said, okay, so how can you justify all the deaths? How can you justify all the, you know, the deaths of preventable illnesses and everything? Children, children, you know, saying that the babies that died were because of the parents' unconfessed sins and all that stuff. How can you justify that? Eh, crickets, nothing. Right. Yeah, well, you know, when you shut them down with facts, they don't got nothing to say. No. Nope. But that's the only negative that I've got, and that dude didn't even... Um, reply to me you know i i i said and a, a post prior to that i said well why not listen and then um and see if you can re, you know refute any of the charges any yeah. of the claims that i'm making now yeah, crickets on that one too right because he can't nope he's got nothing to say and he knows it so sponsor break time we're gonna go ahead and get it out of the way early Are you feeling the pinch of the Great Depression? Can't find a place to get a nice stiff drink because the man says you can't? Well, come on down to Tony Marino's Speakeasy. We're all friends here, aren't we? That's right, Marino's Speakeasy. 
home of New York City's best loaded oyster plate, and our award-winning crispy sardine sandwich. Can't afford to get a drink at the Boardwalk Empire? Well, no problem. Here at Marina's Speakeasy, we've come up with an alternative to the alcohol that the man has made illegal. With our unique and secret formulas, we have created a drink that will get you just as drunk, but it isn't liquor or BSC. Got a methanol delivery for you. Not so loud. Just put it over there. Damn. And here at Marino's Speakeasy, we want to give back to the community, see? Our family. To show our appreciation for all of you, we've started up an exciting contest. The Tab for Life contest, see? That's right. One lucky winner will be randomly selected, and that person will have unlimited free drinks for the rest of his or her life. And employees are eligible, too. Our latest winner, Michael Malloy, he's our very own bartender. What do you think, Iron Mike? Thanks, boss. I really love my job and all of my friends, but I sure am dying for a drink. Coming right up, buddy. So come on down to Tony Marino's Speakeasy, where community is family. No purchase necessary for the Tab for Life contest. The only qualification is the winner must have a life insurance policy with Tony Marino as the beneficiary. Marino's Speakeasy is in no way affiliated with the Murder Trust. All right, thanks for that. And speaking of a nice stiff drink, what what are you drinking tonight? Oh, Bud Light again because it's I didn't feel you know same reason as last time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm drinking Bud Light too. Yeah, and who Bud Light and COVID? Bud Light and COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast of champions. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, here we go. So, huh, anyway, before we get in too far into this, I just want to say that if you're finding this one and you haven't listened to the first part, you might want to go back and listen to the first part before listening to this one because it's, you know, if, if, you, if you don't know about the Faith Assembly cult and the Hobart Freeman, this second part is probably not going to make a lot of sense to you. So, so yeah. you might want to go. I mean, it's not like it's not like this is going. There's spoilers or anything, but no. But there's stuff that I touch just on to keep you on track, yeah. right? And because I, I did my best in part one, not to, you know, not to double, not not to be mix, set it up to where I'm not double dipping in part two. Although yeah. it's going to happen here and there, like just like it happened in part one, but still, yeah. But I, but you know, you did you did good. You kept it to a minimum. Yeah. So, but yeah, just listen to part one first if you're not familiar with the, the backstory of the cult so yes so anyway we ready to go yep let her rip tater chip so i was born in 1973 my sister was born in 1976 um my mom my dad my sister and me we were all you know Baptists originally we were went to a Baptist church in Rockledge Florida and and at three or four and I actually have a memory of this I was a sheep in a Christmas play you know back in like 1976 oh wow I was a sheep in a Christmas play that that's key that that comes into play later yeah in 1977. I saw Star Wars in the theater with my dad, and I 
started shortly after that I started collecting the action figures and I had a bunch of them I had an X-Wing fighter I had the land speeder I had a TIE fighter uh, yeah, and I, I, and I had a, I, I probably had at least a third of the first edition action figures and they were they oh, were a man. lot and you know how much that shit's worth now yeah even, even if it's even if it's beat up even if it's like not in the box and beat up, those things are still worth money. I know, dude. You know, you start talking about that, dude. And I was thinking like all the Star Wars stuff that I had, dude. I'd be a millionaire right now. Oh, I know. But so I, I had many, and not, not not to mention, you know, I, I had like Superman and Batman, you know, action figures and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Back in the day when they were like 12 inches yeah. tall instead of the little 6 inch shit you get now or whatever. Yeah. Three inch. Well, I mean, Star Wars started all that, you know, with the little ones. Yeah, the smaller ones, yeah. Yeah. But they made bigger ones too. I have a bunch of those still. I still have Boba Fett and Chewbacca. Nice. I may have a Darth Vader still too. I'm not sure. Nice. I've, I've got a Grogu sitting on my shelf in here, and I've got an R2D2. <laughs> I've got a Grogu on my T-shirt, <laughs> and I have a Plo Koon um, bobblehead, and that's oh nice. Yeah, that's in the that's in the box and it's never been opened. Yeah, dude, I was at the Dollar General or whatever the other day, and they had a bunch of little Star Wars things, and I bought like three of them. They're not bobbleheads, but you push down on their head, and their faces change. Oh, these are the what? What are they? The um, the vinyl bobblehead. They're they're the the big ones that, that where there's like a bobblehead for like anything you can possibly imagine. Oh yeah, no, I know. I I can't think of the name right now, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, it's sitting here. But the, the things that I got aren't those, so they're probably going to be worth nothing. But hey, whatever. Yeah. I liked them, so I bought them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did, um, I the the Grogu that I have on my on my shelf in front of me, it says the child on it. So yeah. you gotta figure that well, they they're not going to be making those much longer, so I might have something there in about 50 years or so. We could. <laughs> so, but, uh, anyway, um, before Christmas that year, we started going to this church in somebody's house. And then shortly after, Christmas was banned in our household. You know, and... Oh, wow. I honestly don't remember having a Christmas as a as a child. You know, it's like at age four, that would have been the first one that I would have remembered. You know? Yeah. So, you know, Christmas was banned. So were my Star Wars figures. They got all thrown in the trash. Damn. We threw our t we we hauled our TV out to the out to the curb. Um. Yeah, you know, Star Wars was a sin, and I I loved that stuff. I loved the movie. I loved, yeah, you know, I loved my action figures, and you know, and I just don't think Star Wars could be a sin. Well, okay, the sequel trilogy is a sin for sure, but for different reasons. Right. <laughs> but so. Halloween was a sin, of course. I mean that that was that was like, that that doesn't even need to be mentioned. But Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving, Independence Day, Veterans Day, Valentine's Day, Memorial Day, all sins. And whenever I was what the hell, man, <laughs> yeah, when you know when, when 
Valentine's Day, that's promoting lust, which is a sin. It's like, how are we supposed to procreate without if lust? you say so. How are we supposed to? Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> so, during yeah, Memorial Day, you know, you're you're glorifying murderers and all that stuff. Yeah, and same thing with Veterans Day. And that's the cult saying it. That's yes. not me. Because I am 100% pro-truth. I even tried to, to join the military at one point, but my hearing was too badly damaged. You know, they... But, you know, they, they didn't, they just didn't want you, they didn't want you having any fun at all, basically. Yeah. So, whenever they had, like, Halloween parties or Christmas parties and everything at, at school, I would have to sit in a school library, for, um, you know, for, for those holiday events, because my mom insisted. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that, that was all through elementary school, and... When I started, well, when I started getting into like fifth, sixth grade, and stuff, and then into middle school, I didn't give a shit. And I, um, they would come up to me, "Do you want to go to the the library?" No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's something we're going to get to here shortly about how I started questioning this stuff when I was young. So, but then you know. Now, at this point, we're still we're still in somebody's house, and I honestly don't remember where that house was. I think it was somewhere off a of river road, you know. So you know how big those yards are, and there's there's you, you can fit a lot of the cars in those dri- in those driveways in in the yards. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But they had, you know, yeah. when the the worship service was there, there were people with guitars playing and yeah I, I was just like blown away I, I, I loved it I decided that I wanted to learn how to play I mean it's so much different than listening to an old woman on an organ grind, grinder who can't keep a beat <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and that's one thing about you know those those churches it's usually an old lady or an old man that's playing the organ and everything and that's the only music there is and they're just like yeah, you know, they they just can't keep a beat. <laughs> right. But hey, more power to them. But so so I started pestering my parents. I was just like, God, I I want to I want to learn how to play guitar. I want to learn how to play guitar. I want to learn how to play guitar. So they finally broke down. And they bought me a cheap acoustic guitar, and they got me lessons yeah. from you know one of those said church musicians that they were that were there and they taught me the chords and I basically took it from there yeah that's pretty much what I did too <laughs> so shortly shortly thereafter I was playing guitar in the church now I wasn't up on stage yeah but I was I was in I was it I was there playing along with all the songs right on so you know we were, we were love bombed for a couple years we were welcome in we were loved on they were invited for events that you know exclusive to the church uh-huh. uh, we were encouraged to invite friends and family but for some reason nobody ever wanted to come with us <laughs> hmm. Gee. hmm so apparently that church already had a reputation and and that's just that's just me looking back on it now yeah 
you know, because I can remember my dad, and we're going to get to my dad, but my dad telling me that they were encouraging us to invite friends and family while they were, like, love-bombing us. And love-bombing is, you know, basically what a narcissist does to, to reel you in. And cults do it, too. Cult leaders do it, too. You know, they make you feel... And, and you know what? <laughs> Rent-to-own companies do it, too. <laughs> When you're when you're in, the, I used to work for Rena Center and Aaron's. You know, when when you're with a customer, and everything, when you're trying to get get them to sign that contract and everything, you're you're um, yeah, you're hey, yeah, we yeah, we love you, blah 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 blah, and then as soon as they walk out that door, the first day that you're um, you know, the first day that the payment comes due, you're calling them, at, you know, you're calling them at eight o'clock in the morning. You gotta come in and make your payment today, and then it's just oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's brutal. Yeah, so I guess you could say that the rent to own industry is a is a cult as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I never really thought about it like that, but well, I, I worked for it for a while. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dude, the only thing I rent to own is like plugins and software. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know you're gonna. You're gonna go in there and you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay like a shitload more if you, you know. Like, I, actually, we could do a whole episode on the rent to own industry <laughs> if, you, if you want. Because I've, I've worked, I've, I said I've worked for Rent Center and Aaron's. I also worked for Rentway. I never heard of that one. So, well, they they were around too. So I've worked for three different ones. I've got a pretty yeah. That that might be a that might be a good episode to, to do in the future and like a little lighthearted fun one maybe yeah so when I was in second grade the love bombing stopped oh. now granted I was I was like preschool age when we started going there so it took several years so a sermon was preached about marriage and the only marriage that was acceptable by God was the first marriage. Divorce was unacceptable, and second marriages were a sin. Oh. And, and children born into second marriages were born into sin. You know, like me and my sister. Yeah. Because both of my parents so, had been uh, married before, and they both had children, you know, with their, their first marriages. Uh-huh. So, and I, I, I really do think that they, um, that they did that sermon just for us. I wholeheartedly believe that because according to my mom and my dad, we were the only ones who, uh, who did a, you know, who had been, um, you know, who were part of a, you know, like a, like a second marriage family. Oh wow, yeah, it does so, kind of sound like so they were I, directing that towards y'all. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So, my mom divorced my dad. Wow. <laughs> and then, and then she began praying for her first husband to find her and reconnect. Her first husband was a college fling. Oh boy. I have a half brother. Who she had, who they had put up for adoption, 
they got married they they got married and then divorced like right after you know right after the baby was put up for adoption and my dad had a kid from his first marriage too you know and you know my my older brother half brother which i have met him you know but that's cool anyway so yeah it's just our family was broken up and you know it it destroyed me as a kid oh i'm sure you know you know but my mom and the church were telling me that i had to repent for a spirit of self-pity no there's that spirit of thing again yep (laughs) wow and my dad my dad fucking hated her for it hated her and the church oh i'm sure but he still attended the services to be around me and my sister well that's good i mean good for him yeah so but he i mean we'll, we'll we'll get into we'll get into that yeah a little while longer my my dad absolutely you know he hated it i mean our our family was broken up you know because of a, a cult but you know what the, the thing about it is shortly after that shortly after my dad was basically for all intents and purposes out of the picture uh-huh. the isolation began oh you know, and my grandmother was angry at my mom for breaking up the family. You know, that her her mother, my mom's mother. And my grandfather, now we could do a whole episode on him. Serious. I'm I'm not even kidding. That man has seen more history than Forrest Gump. Wow. He was there when they tested the first atomic bomb. He really? um he worked uh, yeah he was there. Um he was one of the people on site when they did it and he was really you know he was obviously really young when it happened but you know he he's, he he worked with the Apollo program. He worked he he worked with the space shuttle program. Hey, my dad did too. And, and <laughs> my, yeah, we could do we could do an entire episode on my grandfather. <laughs> you know, and I mean, he he's he's a historical gem, you know. I mean, he's. But they relocated to, um, to California, to Air Force Base, and I think Lomp, Lompoc, California, uh-huh. where they were setting up a launch site there, and that that launch site is now used for SpaceX and and stuff like that now. But, you know, my. The church and my mom got, you know, got convinced that, and then she in turn got, you know, convinced me and my sister that California was going to break off and sink. (laughs) So it's like we were all like panicked over, you know, and and we go to these prayer meetings and everything. Oh, please, you know, let them find their way back before California falls off the ocean and blah, blah, blah. You know, they didn't speak for a while, but it was the whole, you know, California is going to fall off thing. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that that got my mom. I mean, that that's been a, a that's that's been a conspiracy theory for a long time. But 
and there, there's there's basis for it right. because of the fault line and everything, but it's not just going to fall off. It's not going to fall off and sink. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, there could be a, a whole bunch of, you know, it, underneath California, it goes all the way down to wherever it goes and everything. It's still connected. Yeah, it's, it's not just, I mean, you know, it's not, that's whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but. Yeah. But my my grandparents and my mom didn't speak for a while. And I had a friend. Uh, I still have a friend. He's 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 my age. I still know him. You know him too. Um his his mom and him were there at about the same time at at the Baptist church. He was also a sheep in that play that I mentioned. Oh, yeah? At the Baptist church. Yeah. And we joined at the same time. It might have actually been his mom that brought us, you know, that talked us, talked my mom into going there. I I don't know that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. But they started going, and his dad pulled him out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but but he 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 remembers vaguely. You know. But I've literally known that guy longer than I've known anybody, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, and his mom, his mom left shortly after. You know, good on her. Yeah. You do know who I'm talking about, right? Um, Thunder Midget. No. No. There's one person that I've known longer than Thunder Midget. And I don't, I don't want to name drop, but let's just say um, he likes to slap like on the Ramones. <laughs> okay. You got it? I do now, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. so, faith healing. I was in kindergarten, and I broke my ankle, and they laid hands on and prayed speaking in tongues (laughs) never took me to the doctor now I have a bad ankle no cartilage, bone on bone and I limp and I also have a scar on my head on the side of my head which I never knew was there because I was growing my hair long and all that stuff but then when I cut my long hair off the barber's like what the hell is that? like what? He grabbed the mirror and shows me this huge scar that's like two inches long and probably about a quarter of an inch across. Oh wow! And it and it ra- and it raised up on my head. It raised up like, you know, like about an eighth of an inch above the skin on my head. It's a really big scar. Holy crap! <laughs> I asked my mom and dad, you know, if they had any idea. My dad didn't remember. My mom said that she didn't remember. But when I asked my my dad about it, he was in bad shape. He he would have told me if he actually did remember. Uh-huh. My mom, no telling. So I was, I think when I was in like third or fourth grade, maybe fifth. Um, I was bitten in my armpit by a brown recluse. Ooh, damn. Now we we mentioned gangrene uh-huh. when we were talking about half. Yeah, I've had gangrene too. Damn. They didn't take me to the doctor. 
there there was a there was a woman there in the in the church who had who had quit a job as a nurse but she came over and she looked at my armpit you know because at that point it had grown up to be about the size of a softball it had turned like a putrid purple co- color and everything and it, it smelled disgusting oh, wow. and she's like that that's gangrenous you know so of course laying hands on it blah, 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 blah. never took me to the doctor so they they laid hands and they prayed and all that stuff uh-huh. and then all of a sudden i mean it was it was spreading it was spreading farther and everything and all of a sudden my immune system nipped it in the bud and it started draining one night and i still have the scars in my armpit from that there's four of them wow and they're both they're both about the size of like your you know about your you know like a, a fingernail uh-huh. you know and the, they're they're there they are absolutely there the scars from where it drained and my you know my mom's just like okay well see god healed you I'm like no oh, god Jesus. didn't heal me Ugh. my immune system took care of it and i am fucking lucky to have my arm yeah you are holy crap i'm, dude. I, I'm actually i could have even died from that yeah no shit yeah, <clears throat> and then let's not even let's not even forget about that that woman who we talked about in part one, yeah, you know, with the special needs kid. Never took him to the doctor. I run into the two of them, you know, years later when he's a grown man and he still can't talk. Yeah, you know, it's just like she ne- she never took him to the doctor. <laughs> you know, just. My sister, she um, broke her kneecap on, on like, a friend of hers' boat, mm-hmm. and her parents knew the story. The, my, my sister's friend's parents knew the story, so they took her to the doctor to get it fixed, and they, and they, said, that, they said that she was their daughter in order to get, in order to get it fixed. Wow. Just wow, <laughs> dude. They, holy crap. Yeah, they they said that my I don't remember their names or whatever, but they were like, okay, well my this is my daughter, and they named, they used her daughter's or their daughter's name, uh-huh. you know, and so obviously my sister's friend wasn't there, <laughs> you know, but so they yeah they got it they got it you know they got it wrapped up and everything it it, it was just a broken kneecap, so it didn't require a cast or anything, uh-huh. but they kept, they put a brace on it and wrapped it and everything. And when my sister went home, she told what happened. And my mom was just like, kind of, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she just kind of, just kind of accepted it because she knew that it was, you know, because my sister was, you know, like limping and everything. It's just like, okay, if you got a broken ankle, it's kind of easier to walk on that than it is if you've got a broken kneecap. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have a bad knee. And I also have a bad ankle, but you know what? It, <laughs> you know, the bad knee hurts worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> so luckily, she doesn't have knee problems now. Well, that's good. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's faith in God for everything. There are no seatbelts, no doctors. No contracts, mortgage, car loans, and everything. Everything that we covered in part one. Right. 
and then you know and, but because of the fact that all of that stuff about mortgage car loan credit cards and everything many people were living in cheap shitholes and driving shitty ass cars yeah and like we mentioned in part one yeah college was a sin and they um they keep kept you dependent and everything the butterfly club <laughs> the butterfly club was a group of church ladies that you know set up this thing and they had sleepovers and brunches and etc at various people's house something went on because and the the wife of the first pastor she's the one that started it but something went on i don't know what went on but something went on because the butterfly club's wings were clipped <laughs> and huh. the pastor and his and his family members were kicked out as a result enter the second pastor oh, wow. yeah so I, to this day i don't know what the hell happened and i honestly don't want to yeah right <laughs> i don't even want to so. I don't uh, even want to think about it. Nah, me either. Because, uh, nah, never mind. Moving on. <laughs> Satanic panic. Yeah. Before Geraldo got a hold of it, yeah, the faith assembly was at it long before they were. Everything was evil. Everything was the devil. Yeah. Uh-huh. Metalhead with long hair with an Iron Maiden t-shirt, like I like I mentioned in part one. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> oh, we gotta we gotta pray to cleanse our soul because we saw it. And and I bring that up so much because it happened. It happened yeah. to me. Another time, you know, this this kid walked up to me when my mom was picking me up to school, and he's talking to me about Star Wars. My mom just looked at the kid and he said, "That's alcohol. That's a sin." The kid was confused. And then my mom rebukes him in the name of Jesus and then prayers over me for having to listen to that. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I said, everything was a sin. You know, mom, I, my mom's doll baby stuff that we talked about in the first, you know, the ch- ch- checkerboard shoes, they were punk, so therefore that was a sin. You know, whatever they whatever they decided was a sin. Right. Now we move on to the testimonies, uh-huh. or as some survivors call it, the testabalonies. <laughs> Do they really call it that? <laughs> on that Facebook page that I mentioned, yes, they call it that now. That's cool. The testabalonies. That's fucking cool. <laughs> But it was it was the break between worship, before prayer, and then the eventual ser- sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you kind of thought that I was just randomly coming up with something in part one about like, okay, well, why just keep it at doctors? Why not mechanics? Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I purposely, yeah, I, I left this part out. Yeah, because because of the fact that. This is one of the things that um, started making me question uh-huh. was the test the testimony bullshit and everything. Now some of them, sure, I mean, yeah, th- things could have happened. I mean, but then again, also, okay, well, I'd like to thank God because I got a raise at my job. That had nothing to do with your performance. 
It was just, it was God's oh, yeah. will. You know, so. But, but still. There was one woman. And this is another thing that somebody reached out to me about saying that, um, saying that, <laughs> like, okay, you guys were joking about it. That actually happened, you know, with the testimonies and stuff like that. And I said, and I messaged him back. I said, I know it's kind of part two for a reason, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but no, in, in the church that I was in, uh, same woman that had the special needs child that I mentioned, uh-huh. um, she gets up there and she just said, um, yeah, well, I have to go start my car up, you know, earlier in the week and it wouldn't start. And I commanded it in the name of Jesus to start. And all of a sudden it started and then God told me to drive it right to the mechanic. <laughs> so I drove it right to the mechanic. I drove it there and when the mechanic opened the hood, he just looked there like stunned. The battery had been stolen. What? Yeah, so I was like nine or ten at that point, and I and I had already and at that point I already knew how to change the oil on a on a car. I already knew how to change a battery. Yeah. I already, you know, I already I knew how to change tires and stuff like that. You know, I I had minimal knowledge, you know, basic knowledge of of car upkeep. Yeah. And, of course, when she gets done, the battery was gone. And everybody's just like, hallelujah! You know, just massive, loud applause and everything. Hallelujah! It's just like, you know, I'm, just, I'm sitting there, you know, 10-year-old me is just sitting there going, what the fuck? Well, yeah, well, of course, I didn't say that because I didn't just start cussing at that point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but still, dude, like, seriously, but, you, you want us to believe that the car started with no battery in it? Without a battery in it. That's yeah. fucking bullshit. It is bullshit. And I even asked my mom about it, and I got freaking, you know, just like, oh, man, you wouldn't believe the freaking ass-reaming and beating that I took over that, you know, for daring to... You know, to, to question yeah. what was being said. Another time, and look, if people are listening to this who know me and my mom and all that stuff, I apologize for, you know, this episode not making my mom out to, in a very positive light. But I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. This shit happened, and I'm telling it the way that it is, the way that it did happen. Right. As you, know, you should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to that at the end. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a silver lining and everything. My mom, and, my mom and I reconciled. But you have to, you have to realize that I cannot pull punches here. Absolutely not. And I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so. Another time, me and my mom were at it. I think I was in sixth grade at the time. Probably wasn't too long after, you know, the the whole thing about the car running without a battery. Right. We got in. We got into something, and you know, my my mom, yeah, just like we got into a screaming match and everything, and then my mom just we were in a, we were in a car, 
Uh-huh. And she was driving, and I was sitting in the, the front seat. And she just all of a sudden, while we were driving, just like, like unleashes on my fucking left shoulder. Like punching the hell out of me. Yeah. Oh, shit. And then I'm like, and then she asked me, do you want me to ask God to turn you over to the devil? Yes, please. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, sure, why not? You already have. You already, you've already done it. Might as well actually do it officially. But, you know, it's just like, at that point, I just didn't fucking care anymore. Uh-huh. I don't blame you. So you know what I did? You know what I did? You know, she apologized right then for hitting me. But you know what, what? I did? You know, a bruise was starting to form. Uh-huh. So I made that I made that bruise form a, a lot faster. And when it was starting to form, she put she put her hands on it and you know, she was like, "Okay, I claim the healing for you know, this this mark on him." Not forgiveness for punching the fuck out of right. me. But, but the, but then, so what I did once we got home, you know how you can take a freshly sharpened pencil, you know, that still has the graphite uh-huh. flakes on it and rub it on your skin? Oh, yeah. I basically did that and I made a huge fucking bruise. Oh, you sneaky little bastard. Out of <laughs> so I, I I walked out after about being an, an hour, you know, in, in my room. I walked out. And I said, "Mom, look at this! Oh my God, we gotta lay hands on you!" <laughs> so I went back into my bedroom, rubbed it down, blotted it a little bit. Uh-huh. And after about another hour, I walked out. It's starting to dissipate. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. So I walked back an hour later, wipe it down a little bit more. Starting to dissipate some more, Mom. Oh, praise God. So then I finally, you know, after about two more times of doing that, I finally wiped it off completely. And the there was still the bruise there. I could feel it. It just hadn't started to show yeah. that, you know? But, oh, hallelujah. So the next time at the... At the at church, she's just like, oh, he had a bruise form on his arm somehow. Somehow, and we prayed on we prayed on it, and we just sat there and watched it, you know, like fade and go away. And of course, everybody in the congregation, was like, Hallelujah! Jeez, right. <laughs> I never told my mom. I never told my mom about what I had done. Huh. But at the same time, that was just even more confirmation about the fact that this is bullshit. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I never told my mom. I told my dad. <laughs> and he laughed his ass off. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, boy. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> so Prayer. Spoken by the congregation mem- members, like during prayer meetings, example, it's like, I'd like, and this is just random. This is just something I came up with. But I'd like to pray for my, to say a prayer for my grandmother. Maybe she get o- get over Parkinson's. Well, was it Parkinson, a, a, di- a doctor diagnosed disease? Uh-huh. Sir. But, but still, 
But they no, they would launch it, and then may may she find God as well. You know, it's just that's how the prayer meetings went and everything. Yeah. It's just like okay, Parkinson's, it's di- doctor diagnosed and everything. But you know, nobody really said anything about you know, so like, okay, mental health issues. They were considered being possessed by the devil. But what about Parkinson's where you you can't control yourself, or what about Alzheimer's where you can't you know, where you don't know what the hell is going on around you? Yeah. You know, it's just like I wish, I'd, and I'm sure that people that are listening to this, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna that they'll let us know if they if they have anything that you know, like any stories about you know specifically Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, like, and how Faith Assembly handled yeah, it. Yeah, right. So I really hope that they, I really hope that they do. Yeah, I I really hope that they do because like quite a few people reached out to me. Yeah, they didn't do it on our social, which I wish they would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but we don't have this shit me. for nothing. <laughs> yeah, but they reached out to me personally, and you know what? I'm I'm grateful for that. Right on. I yeah, that's cool. 100%. So. <laughs> Vape and COVID hit. <laughs> I got a oh shit! I didn't have an empty beer. Well, that's all right. I got another one. So, the seminars. You like how I've how I've like broken this up and in, into different topics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way. I, that's the only way I could have yeah, done it's it. It's easy to keep track of. That's the only way I could have done it. Yep. <laughs> so the seminars. Yeah, the pastors from Indiana. They were coming down. They were coming down to give like seminars and in our. Um, you know, like in our area and everything. And of course we all had to go and everything. And like some of the pastors, like I know Bruce Kinsey came to our church specifically, but you know, and a couple, and a couple others did as well. Steve Hill, when he came down, he, um, he, he did it. He rented out like the grand ballroom of a, of a big time hotel in Kissimmee. Oh, did he have to sign a contract? And it was packed. It was packed. I'm like, you know, I can remember even then, I was like, where the hell did all these people come from? Right. You know, and I found out that there was a, um, there was another, there was another satellite out over in St. Pete. But, but still, packing out that huge freaking grand ballroom. Uh-huh. And everything, they had to have been bringing a lot of people with them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did. So they would do things and everything, and then afterwards, and after Steve Hill would do it and everything, they would do, like, you know, foot washing. Foot washing? You know, prayer meetings and stuff like that. Foot washing. You wash, you wash somebody else's feet, and somebody else washes your feet. Well, you know what? what? I am proud for? to say that... To humble yourself, to humble yourself, you know, because Jesus washed his, you know, their, his disciples' feet in order to humble himself or, you know, before God and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I, I have to say, you know, I can honestly say that nobody washed my feet and I didn't wash anybody else's feet. Good for you. Unless I was in the bathtub with a 
naked female. <laughs> as, a, as, an adult, as an adult. As an adult. <laughs> then I've washed the feet. <laughs> yeah, but that's for different reasons. Right. Now, I just had to throw that in there because I, I even then I found it fucking gross, you know? Oh, yeah. That's just, I don't, I don't get that at all. But anyway. I don't either. And I still don't. I mean, I, I get that Jesus did wash his disciples' feet to humble himself before them and, and, and therefore before God. I get that. But is that something that we really need to touch, you know, to touch on? What if you, what if you got to wash somebody's feet that had like freaking, you know, like, Toe jam. Uh, toe jam or athlete's foot or something like that. Ew. Yeah, right. So Steve Hill, he comes up again. Yeah, and just going to recap briefly. Basically, any music that wasn't his music or church music was a sin to listen to. Right. So, and like I said, if you're listening to this one, you should... And you haven't heard part one and you're not familiar with it, you should go listen to part one. And then come back. First. <laughs> right. Because I ain't going through the whole thing. <laughs> so I <laughs> I started experimenting with guitar playing. And I I started adding like fills to the songs that I was playing in church. You know, along with guitars. I started adding fills to it because uh, you know, it, and I was swatted down for that because fills were a sin. <laughs> What? Come on, man. In reality, I was becoming a better guitar player than these church guitarists. Oh, so yeah. So you automatically you're a sinner because oh, you can't be better than me. But yeah, they they couldn't have they haven't they couldn't have a kid outshining them. Pride? That's a sin. Right. Well, you know, for everybody else. Yeah. Not for them. You know, they're apparently. I know. I said that. I said so, this in the last episode. I'm gonna say it again, dude. This still sounds a whole lot like fucking Animal Farm. Oh yeah, absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. Yeah, there, there's, there, there was definitely a ruling class. There was definitely a hierarchy there of the of the haves and have-nots. Yeah. And there was definitely, uh, you know, it's just like, <laughs> okay, well, this person is above you just because. Yep. You know, I had my fucking family broken up. You know, and so that brings me to uh, rebellion. I started thinking by for myself after a lot of things, but mainly after the Steve Hill thing about music, like we talked about in part one. Yes. But I had friends, and you know, I mentioned that I had seen the original Star Wars in the theater, but I also saw Star Wars. You know, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters, and all that stuff in theaters. You know, because I had some friends who I wasn't supposed to be hanging out with who, you know, their 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 parents knew that I was a child of a cult. And they would just take me to see these movies. So, yeah, I got to see all those movies in the theater. Well, that's cool. But as a musician... You know, at that point, if, if you start putting fills into, into songs on your own, you know, you're a musician at that yeah. point. You know? 
So you're, you're not just somebody who can play the chords. You're a musician at that point because you're putting your own spin on the uh-huh. thing. Absolutely. So so after, as a musician who was shut down for trying to get better at guitar, I, you know, I started thinking. Yeah, I could I could do a freaking entire episode of things that I did behind my mom's back, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, I started my rebellion by listening to country music, actually. Yeehaw. Because Yeehaw. But because they're you know, their their songs, the songs they did were like country and folk. You uh-huh. know? I mean with you know, like you know, maybe like some like golden oldie like rock and everything like take hey jude by the beatles yeah but also i said of course even though i'm pretty sure that i'm pretty sure that they had a song that took hey jude's music and they just put different lyrics on top (laughs) of it i'm pretty sure they did of course they did so at that point my mom started making me listen to the steve hills sermons about music you know, and we covered that in part one. Yep. <clears throat> you know, and there was there were a couple of the church songs that had minor chords, and I freaking loved them. I loved them a hell of a lot more than the than the you know just like the the major chord happy, you know, bink bink uh, bink bink oh, yeah. bink. You know, I I loved I I loved those songs, and at that point. A metal musician was born. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shortly after, you know, Hep was dead at this point. This is in 1985. A friend asked, introduced me to Striper's Soldiers Under Command album. And I was absolutely hooked. I think and I have that one. I started, yeah, one of their great ones. And... I started I started learning that stuff on guitar and my mom hated it because you know like we talked about in first yeah part 1 Christian rock is bad and good <laughs> the Christian metal yeah. the Christian metal that's worse than Iron Maiden Oh my goodness <laughs> Oh Iron Maiden was just the devil God. Right If people knew anything about Iron Maiden they'd know that God I, Iron Maiden you could you could teach an entire history class Based off of the songs of Iron Maiden. <coughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just how are they? How are they satanic? It's just like okay, scary imagery. Yeah, they got scary imagery and everything, but they're nothing but they're 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 not satanic. No, not at all. They don't worship the devil. I mean, they're they're not they're not from fucking Norway. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking good. So, that's so good. I I moved in with my dad at 15 years old, and my first band, ironically enough, was a Christian band with, you know, you you know, I'm I'm not going to name drop anybody. I know, but yeah, but I I um I wound up going to their church. And everything, and I actually liked it. And it was around that time when I met my totally freaking awesome co-host here, Todd. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know about the totally <laughs> awesome part, but co-host. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're freaking awesome. I love you to death. Yeah, mother. I love you too, bro. 
<laughs> I'm also a master of self-deprecation, so you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have an ego. I mean, I put myself down so nobody else has to. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. Oh so. no. But so anyway, the fall. Half died in 1984, and the church and every everybody in it was a little crying, and the church fell apart in 1986 and then more crying and all that stuff i mean they had been when when hef died the people in my church had been like praying for for hef to come down and do a do a a seminar Uh but but like i said in part one the dude was an antisocial he didn't go do that crap he left that up to his underlings right So that was a prayer unanswered. So the church fell apart officially in 1986. My my mom, you know, searching for a church like it, she never found it. She was drag she dragged me to several churches and everything that were just ridiculous. And I finally told her, I was like, no, no fucking more. And it was at that point when I moved in with my dad. Uh-huh. So as I got older, you know, it's like after I had moved in with my dad, I started to, you know, my dad told me everything that happened about how my mom had divorced him for no freaking reason and all that stuff. And I started to resent my mom. Yeah, that's understandable. Like even, even more. Yeah. Because I I do remember because I mean this shit's happened between second and third grade so I remember all of that my sister does not you know lucky her but you know many fights I had many fights with my mom over it you know the cult broke up our you know our our family and she was okay with it she was a willing participant and you know my my dad yeah he was a great dad but. He never forgave my mom for that. Yeah, I could. I, yeah, uh, and I, I, that's again, that's understandable. Yep. I mean, so yeah. later on, my mom met and married a non-denominational pastor. He deprogrammed her. Really and. Yeah, and I actually played guitar at their wedding. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I was 20, and, you know, act, actually, my my stepfather, he asked me to do it. You know, he, I had to play next to an organ grinder who couldn't keep a beat. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> that, that was fun. <laughs> but... But yeah, he do he depro he blah, he deprogrammed her, and he told me what I already knew that Faith Assembly was a cult and that Hef was a cult leader. But later on, he became a mediator between my mom and me. Uh-huh. My my mom and I reconciled, and for a time before we reconciled, she actually had my oldest daughter, and that's a that's another story for another time, maybe. Yeah. But my mom actually had my oldest daughter for a while, and I was okay with her being there. When she died in 2012, 
we had been on good speaking terms for about four years. Uh, it, it was good and bad prior to that, but the, but the last years were good. You know, I always loved her, but I was angry with her. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. But, but after, after we reconciled, thanks to my stepdad, you know, we, you know, it's like all was well. Uh-huh. My stepdad is still alive. You know, my dad died in 2006. But my my stepdad is still alive and well, and I and I love him like a father. Cool. In fact, I called him and told him that we were doing this episode, and I said that there might be things that don't paint her in a in a good light because I you know I'm like I know how much you love her, but I can't sugarcoat anything he's like i i know you can't and i don't expect you to that's cool i mean that's that's cool that he gets it yeah so and he also told me something that i didn't know oh yeah he's he said that one of the biggest regrets that my mom had about being in the cult uh-huh was the fact that it pushed me and my sister away from God. Uh-huh. And and I told him, I'm like, it didn't push me away from God. It just made me rethink everything. I still believe in God. Yeah. You know, but it just made me, it just made me think of, you know, just made me, like, look at churches completely differently. And may, maybe I am, sub, you know, like, finding a reason to not go. With every church, you know, I've, I've gone to plenty of churches and everything since all this, just trying to, to find a place, you know, because I do believe in God and I, you know, it's just like I, you know, I, but I, I always find a reason to be like, okay, no. And it's like, there was this one church that where it just like screamed out cult to me. <laughs> I hauled ass. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know. So, aftermath. Um, I was, you know, as a as a teenager and everything, I was shy. I was awkward. I was scared of everything. Think back to when you first met me. Dude, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I know it was, but can you remember me just like being like, you know, just like. Like really awkward and all that, yeah, stuff and everything. I mean, not everybody has the memory that I do, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you did seem a little. I would say awkward, but not like, well, you know, not in a bad way. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I was trying to piece together. Myself yeah, you were trying because, to like when I met you. Who I'd, you were fuck, right? Yeah, I'd, but the thing is. Yeah, I just yeah, I I I let I I let people walk all over me and everything, and and I was like obsessed with with I had to have a girlfriend. I I didn't feel complete without a girlfriend, and I let people walk all over me. I was attracted, and I wound up attracting the most toxic of women. Yeah, you know, and but the thing is, is I was. What Faith Assembly did, I was I was taught to rebuke and question everything in the world, especially ourselves. Doubt was a sin. 
but they but they relied on doubt to keep you shackled and dependent on them. Oh, yeah, of course. And ultimately, myself and others, like, you know, and I'm not just talking about, like, others in my church. I'm talking about others that were in, like, other, you know, other satellites and Hef's church itself and everything, that which Steve Hill took over as the main guy after Hef died. Uh-huh. But all of us kids and everything, well, it's like, okay, well, this is a sin, this is a sin, this is a sin. And they explained why. They would explain why everything was a sin in their own fucked up way. But you know what? Yeah, what's that? There were there were a, there were a handful of us that applied that same bit of thinking to the church itself. Uh-huh. I was one of them. Avana was one of them. In fact, I gotta give credit where credit is due. Avana, Sophia, which we mentioned in part one when we were on that other podcast as guests uh-huh. and everything. She's the one that said that she's the one that said that. And when she said that, I was just like, Holy shit. I never thought about it that way, but you know what? You're fucking right. <laughs> uh-huh. you know? Exactly. And <laughs> so it's like doubt was a sand, but they relied on everything to keep you shackled. But you know, I always, I always felt like an outcast and everything. And honestly, I, you know, I, I had played in bands and everything. It's like the, the first Christian band that I was in. We were together for three years playing in churches and all that stuff. Uh-huh. You know, and, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't until I became a lead singer in the band that, the first band that you and I were in together. Madstone, yes. to where I really freaking unleashed and everything. I unleashed it and everything, and and you know it. It was at that point that my life became my own. You know, it it was at that point when I became the the outgoing, loudmouth, bullheaded, confident, determined person <laughs> that I am now. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and looking back on looking back on things, just like I, you know, I didn't I didn't go to therapy. I didn't. I probably should have, but I didn't. But looking back on things, I, you know, just like I look back on things that I did when I was like in my teens and everything, and I just like that was stupid. Don't do that again. You yeah. know, and that was that was basically how I, you know, gave therapy to myself. Yeah, well, you know, music is therapy. Do it. Do it. Oh yeah. shit! I, I just thought of something. Uh, what's that? Well, I mean, I, I said earlier during the, the little break we took that you know maybe it was you got COVID because it was God's will to stop you from doing this episode. But you got but you got <laughs> no. COVID at the Striper concert, which Striper is a Christian metal band. <laughs> <laughs> If, dude, if that's if that's so not a hit and a half for your ass, I don't know what is. Maybe it was Hef's ghost. Yeah, could have been that too. I'm sorry, that just came to my head. I just, I just like, it just popped in there. I was like, well, I gotta say it now. <laughs> so, 
I mean, yeah, the the aftermath. I mean, it was, you know, like after after Madstone broke up, I fucking went crazy. I mean, alcohol and nicotine is like pretty much been my only vices and everything. And I I went through a stage with pills for about a year when I was 20 and 21. In 2000, my marriage to my first wife, not my first wife's daughter, mother either, fizzled after about a year. She had been living a double life, and you were there for that during that during that crash down. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> so shortly after that, I moved to Tennessee, and I I hauled ass. I went crazy. Yeah, I, I just I just went absolutely nuts, and. Yeah, but yeah, I, I calmed down. So happy ending. Not not for the cult, but happy ending as well. I may not have discovered my love and ability to to play and write heavy metal music had it not been for Faith Assembly and with their those minor chord songs that they that they had as part of their worship song. So take that, Steve Hill. <laughs> Stuff that up and your fuck ass you and fucking smoke it, you motherfucker. Yeah. And fuck you, Hef, for control, where you're controlling bullshit that destroyed my family for your personal game. I never, I never fucking met the guy, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, no shit. Although I'd like to, I'd like to meet him now. I'd like to meet Where's him now. Where's he buried, but, dude? Let's take a road trip and piss on his grave. Hey, we can do that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> if anybody else wants to join, we'll put it together. We'll make a whole trip, and dude, we'll get as many people to go, and we'll just stand there and piss on his fucking grave. <laughs> we'll we'll make an episode out of it. No, you you can't tell me. It's just like, yeah, it's just like during the early part that half was was there. You know what. When, when he was like making a name for himself mm-hmm. and everything, you know, I've, I've talked to like, a, a, like several people, including my own stepfather that said, well, early on, you know, my stepfather was a pastor or my stepdaughter, my stepfather was a pastor. Right. And, and he's, he's just like, well, early on, he did this, this sermon on Deuteronomy and everything. And I had, I had a, another person call me that I, you know, that I, I was talking, talking to yeah because i was driving and i I just wrote call me and i put my number in because i was driving my semi but um and he called me and he's a pastor now he wasn't somebody that um that was part of faith assembly but he followed it yeah he he, and yeah and and he also was uh, now now don't don't get me wrong this this guy was not like making excuses for hef but what? But he said the same thing that my stepfather did about early on, and in my research, it seemed like Hef was a freaking hustler. And you know, he, you know, I mean, think about the back to the early days in part one that we were talking about. Uh huh. I mean, didn't it seem like this guy was a hustler? Oh yeah, for sure. It didn't. Yeah, so it's like okay, you know, when when he was when he was like putting together. You know his stuff and everything, where where he did stuff that like actual, like legit ministers, you know, look back on it, it's just like okay, this is good stuff. He was just 
doing what he had to do because he was a, a salesman and he was a hustler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like he he was just making a name for himself. Shortly after that, he got denounced by Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> if you get denounced by Kenneth Copeland, there's something fucking exactly, wrong. Exactly, because that dude is insane. Yeah, so if Kenneth Copeland thinks you're crazy... Yeah, you, you, you fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, I, I don't care. And I told my stepdad this, and I told that, that pastor that I talked to about this as well. I was just like, look, that is not... What, what I got out of my research was that this guy was just doing what he had to do. I think he totally had, you know, like after he had his experience with the, you know, with the heart conditions that he miraculously survived right. and all that stuff, I think that he he got a God complex after that. And he did what he had to do to become a preacher and all that stuff. And he had to play it. He had to play it cool at first. Yeah. Now, this guy was a shyster all along. Oh, yeah. He had it all. He knew and, what he was doing. He had it all planned. Yeah. And the only thing that I can positive, the only positive thing that I can say about him was that he practiced what he preached. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can say about it. And he got what he deserved in the end. Yeah. But you know what, though? I mean, we talked about it in the last episode. But, yeah. You know, of course, you know, he dies by not getting medical attention, but it's God called him home. It's not that he had unconfessed right. sins or whatever, like everybody else. Right. Yeah, it's hypocrisy. Yeah. Rules for thee and not for me. Yep. So, anyway, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up now. And But before we do, I mentioned before about doubt and all that stuff, about doubt like shackling you and everything. And I didn't realize this, but I may have subconsciously written a song about Faith Assembly. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my song Intruder. I wrote that song about doubt and how it can invade you and take you over and, and like, imprison you and everything. And make you know, yeah, you will question every choice you make as I assume control. With with every ounce of energy, you go you go deeper into your role. But by the time you realize it's you that I now own, it's far too late to abandon me. Your mind is now my throne. Oh, nice. I I wrote that song about about doubt being a demon that like taking you over. But I wrote it from the doubt demon's point of view. Yeah. And it is, it's, God, that song is good. And instead of the normal, you know, it's like the, the normal outro, cult outro that we put, you know, that we established on the, the first part of this, we're going to play that song in its, as its entirety, you know, at, at the end of this episode. Cool. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, so it, it it just needs to be there. I did, I, don't, I don't know. Did I did I really write a, a did I really write a a song about faith assembly subconsciously and everything and what they did because they absolutely weaponized doubt. Right. They made you think it was a sin to have doubt, but they used it against you anyway. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you may have, bro. 
might have, but still, it's an awesome song. And Either way, I think yeah. everybody's going to like it. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's a good song. So, anyway, let's wrap it up. Your band, my band, uh, Retroactive Days. We're on Facebook. You can find us there. It's Retroactive Days D A Z E, which I haven't been saying, but it is D A Z E. Uh, we play like '80s retro music, you know, Billy Idol. Uh, I can't even think of the bands, Prince, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, if you look yeah. us up on Facebook, you'll you'll find our schedule. And if you're ever in the Brevard County, Florida area, check. You know, and you want to come see us, check the schedule, see if we're playing anywhere, wherever, where near where you are, and come out and see us. Say hi. Say you listen to. Crimes Killers Kill some beer and I'll buy you a beer and we'll sit and chat. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And my my original music is on Bill Selby on all platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeart, everything like nice. that. It's all there. And you'll you'll find everything. You'll find you'll find the you know, intruder, it's there. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up and we're gonna play that song for you right now as as we wrap it up. So until next time later. Cheers everybody.
Down. 